Yesterday, we were telling you about a three-part series that uh, Global News is involved in. They're diving deep into the problems with our long-term care homes. Uh, Speaking of problems, wow, this is another story that just made me shake my head in wonder of what the heck is going on. Who was running these places? CBC uh, ran a column that says that uh, families who asked for their loved ones to be transferred to the hospital from Orchard Villa Retirement Community in Pickering, we all know where that is now and which which home that is, right? They were told that hospitals were closed to residents of long-term care homes and that COVID-positive pos- residents would need to remain and possibly die in the home. I just, I want to run down one story here for you. Uh, Kathy Parks, she learned that her COVID, that COVID-19 had reached her father's long-term care home. And so she called to talk to her dad and she noticed that his voice was weak and that set off alarm bells. She thought, oh my gosh, I think he might have the virus. Her brother then managed to reach him briefly on Easter Sunday and said he couldn't speak at all. So she spent the day trying to reach someone at the home, finally getting a hold of a nurse at 9.15 in the evening. Imagine how frantic you'd be at that point. He told her he couldn't swab her father till he had a fever. Then overnight, her father's temperature began to rise. The next day, she went to Orchard Villa, stood outside her father's window. Looking in, she said she could see her dad was in bed, and she asked that her 86-year-old father be moved to the hospital. She said, I kept saying, Dad, turn your head, and he couldn't even turn his head to look at him. She got hold of the nursing staff, and by the evening, asked that he be moved to the hospital. But the charting report from that room that night says that a staff member advised against it and told her her dad was doing better and had eaten most of his lunch that day. She thought, I, I, I. I don't think that's possible. I was there at 12.05 and he was basically comatose. And this is not uh, a story that is uh, particularly this family. According to the CBC, there were numerous uh, family members and residents that told similar stories. And there's exclusive hidden camera footage that shows that even two years ago, the home was underprepared for an emergency of this scale. And an analysis of five years of inspection reports paints a picture of a home well-known to have problems that may set them up for failure. Okay, now with that story in mind, I bring you this one. Did you hear that Ontario is considering granting immunity from COVID-19 lawsuits for those acting in good faith? What the heck does that mean? Stephen Berman, a lawyer at the Toronto law firm Thompson Rogers, joins the show. Welcome to the program. Good to have you on. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Wow. What is the, the purpose of this legislation to grant immunity uh, for some long-term care homes? Well, right now there's no legislation, so that's the first thing to know. But uh, you see a story like that in the CBC that has some uh, some uh, inside uh, information coming from government sources, you get concerned. And, I mean, I'm here to say, as a lawyer who's representing uh, residents of two of the hardest-hit long-term care facilities in Ontario, the Altamont facility in Scarborough, and the Woodbridge facility, uh, Woodbridge, Woodbridge Vista facility, that the government should not, under any circumstances, pass a law saying it's okay to be negligent with our elderly seniors, especially when you hear about uh, stories like the ones that you just uh, you just went over. And trust me, having spoken to dozens and dozens of families in the last two weeks, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, the, the stories are horrific. It's appalling. It's like nothing that uh, we've heard or seen before. And the notion that the government would even be considering uh, granting some sort of immunity to homes who have a record of years worth of uh, violations. And I'm talking about for-profit nursing home operators 
who allowed the virus to take root and spread in the first place is is appalling. And I'm here to uh, make sure and do whatever we can uh, as lawyers to make sure that nothing like that happens. Doug Ford confirmed yesterday uh, that an immunity provision is on the government's radar. They're sitting down as cabinet, he said, and then over the next few days, they'll consider it. Is that not the, the, the Ford government talking out of both sides of their mouth here? Because in one case, they're like, we're going to crack down on long-term care homes that um, are uh, neglectful and negligent. And on the other side, this legislation, the key purpose is to prevent lawsuits against companies. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know what the legislation would look like, and we don't know what they're proposing. We don't know if it's potentially something that would apply on a going forward basis associated with the reopening of Ontario's economy. What's important for the purposes of the the nursing home uh, cases and the horrific situation there is that any legislation doesn't apply on a retroactive uh, basis. Um, Frankly, there shouldn't be any legislation at all, but if there is any, it should expressly uh, carve out the circumstances that led to this uh, crisis uh, in the first place. So we don't know exactly what they're proposing. Um, any sort of immunity legislation is a bad idea from my perspective. It limits mm-hmm. the ability of uh, the, the public to to uh, seek account for, for what's happened um, and per- to pursue compensation. But again, we need to know more about what they are proposing. Uh, I frankly think it would be a, a disaster for the government, given what Premier Ford has already said and given what the military reports and uh, other reports from these homes have have revealed to propose any sort of uh, uh, legislation that offers protection to nursing homes. I I have heard that Donna Duncan, who's the CEO of the Ontario Long-Term Care Association, she is saying that this civil uh, liability protection is a necessary measure to stabilize and renew Ontario's entire long-term care system. Without it, many insurance companies will cease coverage and long-term care providers would be unable to continue operating. What are your thoughts on um, on what she said there? Well, it's a little rich to see long-term care operators and insurance companies complaining about potentially having to pay out uh, claims and insurance premiums uh, when the situation with respect to this neglect uh, has been going on for years within this, these homes. This is not something that just started in March and uh, frankly, we know these for-profit operators have made millions of dollars over the past several years. They've profited from staff, alleged staffing shortages and, uh, and other issues that gave rise to, to what's going on now. So I find that a little rich. Uh, I don't believe that they can't get insurance coverage. There's always a market for insurance coverage. And, um, and, and if they have to pay out compensation, then, then they should. But it's important to know that these lawsuits for the families that we've talked to, yes, they're in part about compensation, but they're also about uh, accountability and long-term reform. Um, you know, no amount of money is going to bring back anyone's anyone's loved ones or the opportunity or miss to be able to say goodbye to somebody or the, or the or the the information that you didn't get. You know, in the last moments of your loved one's life. So, um, I just find that sort of argument a little bit rich, and it's the type of argument you expect to hear from insurance companies who don't want to pay out claims. British Columbia passed a cabinet order this spring saying that any person or corporation providing an essential service is not liable for damages resulting from COVID-19 infections. Is that the precedent that's been set? Well, it's a precedent, but uh, there, there have been some, there have been regulations and laws and I understand now 20 or so U.S. jurisdictions. Um, what is an essential service? Does it apply retroactive? Does it apply to, you know, underlying conditions like design issues that existed at some of these facilities, like for instance, Altamont, where, um, uh, the design standard within that facility isn't up to current nursing home facilities. So uh, whatever laws are passed, if any, and hopefully there are none, are going to have to be uh, be interpreted 
one thing to keep in mind is whenever these laws are passed, and I believe the British Columbia one has it as well, there's typically a gross negligence exception. And gross negligence is a market departure from the standard of, uh, of normal care. What we've seen in the nursing home sector, at least, I would argue, uh, would fall within a gross negligence uh, exception in any scenario. Um, that's not a reason to, uh, to pass this type of legislation. Again, it, there's no reason to pass any legislation uh, protecting nursing homes in this environment. Uh, but there would, I, I believe, or should, I believe, at least be uh, exceptions with respect to, to gross negligence. Stephen, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really informative. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.